Welcome to Books, Frauds, and Booze. This is your host, Jamie. And I'm Monica. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to our newest episode of Monster Calls. We're nearing the end of our season of Book to Movies. And I cannot believe it has almost been a full year. Craziness. It's gone by so Craziness. fast. Craziness. Yeah, so I have some discussion questions that we got from the publisher. It was a Monster Calls co.uk and do you want to give a brief overview of the book before we jump in yes it is a really beautiful heartwarming sad story about um a young teenage boy which that is like a horrible age even just for normal things to be happening in your life um but his mother has cancer and is dying and so it's just about how he's handling it and his life at school and with his grandma and with his dad and it's just really really a good good book it is very um descriptive like you can see well at least i could it was so descriptive i felt like i was there part of the story of the book yeah and it was a really quick read too like you so can quick. read it in a day yeah and so that's hours, hard to believe because there's like so much to it you know right. Yeah. Uh, I read uh, I read half of it, and then I finished the second half in music lessons. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that was fast. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm trying not to cry. I know. I watched the movie a couple days ago to kind of refresh my memory because I, I read it about a month ago. Um, and, yeah, it just... The, and I thought the movie was pretty close to the book, too. So both I, very good. I thought so, too. Um, yeah. movie is on Netflix, so you can find it there. So, first question, what does the monster represent to Connor? Do you perceive it as real or as a product of Connor's imagination? You know, the monster was super real to me. And, of course, you know, I want to believe that it's definitely real. <laughs> and it seemed really real. But what I think it is is probably his subconscious, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? So I thought it, it could go two ways, like what, where, you know, you could say uh, it's a fantasy novel and the monster was real and it just came to him to tell him these three stories. Or you could say this was a manifestation of how he was dealing with everything that was going on. Oh. And well, and I believe in the book, which was a little different than the movies, he had some physical evidence left behind when the monster you know, right. left. Yeah, like the so, leaves yeah. and bits of the yew tree. Yeah. yeah. So I totally wanted to believe he was real. <laughs> I'm not I'm not ashamed. <laughs> he, he's described so scary in the book that when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, it doesn't look nearly as scary as I thought it would be. <laughs> still impressive, though. It was, yeah, yeah, still, still frightening, just not quite as frightening as I expected. <laughs> So the second question is, why does Connor feel so lonely and isolated? Is he right to feel betrayed by Lily? Okay, so that little girl wasn't in the movie. No. Right. So I think he mostly felt so alone because nobody, especially at school, even really know, knew what to say to him. So he became sort of invisible. Right. So Lily's mom... And his mom are best friends. Mm -hmm. 
and his mom uh, had cancer and she went and told the class that Connor's mom has cancer. And so everyone feels like they have to walk on eggshells around Connor. Like, oh, he's special. His mom's dying. You know, we don't want to do or say anything. So they just sort of pretend he's not there. And he never got in trouble for, like, even when he did, like, horrendous things. They just were like, we don't know what to do with you. But you, you know, you're not in trouble. And he's like, what? He's like, (laughs) I need to be punished. Right. So stories are wild creatures, the monster says. When you let them loose, who knows what havoc they might wreck. What does the monster mean by this? In which ways does the rest of the novel prove the monster's point? Well, that's an interesting question. And his stories that he told the boy, his three stories, um, did, like, who you think is going to be the villain is not the villain. And some people are not all good and they're not all bad. And so it's a little bit more like real life, I guess. And so maybe that's what it means, like, that, you know, stories just kind of go their own way. You can't really tell what's going to happen just because you know a few things. Like, a, a stories of our lives are harder to predict. They're, you don't know what the future is. Mm-hmm. You can hope for it. You can plan for it. But it's, it's an unknown. It's a wild creature. Yeah. And life's, life, I guess, isn't like fairy tales, where it's always a happily ever after. Right, that would be nice. Okay. Wouldn't it, though? Discuss the role that humor plays in the novel. Where are the best comic moments? <laughs> I loved his grandmother. She was very feisty, and they did not get along. <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> and her special clock that she loved, like... I don't know. It probably wasn't supposed to be a funny moment, but I knew that that clock was not going to live. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I thought sometimes the monster was funny. Yeah. And I liked I liked those moments. Like, I go, oh, he seems so big and scary, but he's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Like he, it definitely came across in the movie, too, I thought. Yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah, I like the movie. I oh, I watched it long enough after I read it that I liked the movie. Yes. So if I'd watched it probably right after I read the book, I'd been like, "This is crap." <laughs> True. <laughs> I know how I work. <laughs> so sometimes people need to. Oh, sorry. Sometimes people need to lie to themselves most of all. The monster tells Connor. In what sense is Connor lying to himself? Is his mother lying to herself? What does each of them need to believe? Well, I mean, he definitely doesn't want to believe that she's going to die. And what I read, when I read the book, I feel like she didn't really want to believe it either. She couldn't say it out loud. Even when her mother and everybody was telling her, like, you need to have a talk with them. And, um... I think she still had hope through it all until the very end, you know? Right. So. And, and so, like, the the big reveal, the spoiler, is that Connor just wants it to be over. He just wants everything to be done. And then he feels really bad about just wanting it to be all over. And so that's why he wants to be punished. So then he's lying to himself that I didn't. I didn't ask for that. I didn't wish for that. I don't. I didn't actually want that. 
Yeah. Which is a normal thing for him to want because, like, it's just that endless waiting in catastrophe, you know? And he's having to do adult things. He's mm-hmm. making meals. He's cleaning up. He's doing dishes, which... You know, and grandmother's like, you should be doing this. I wondered, too. You know, I wondered, like, you know, would my kids do that? I don't know if they would. (laughs) Oh. Well, (laughs) tonight, I I left work early, and I came home, and I was exhausted. So I took a nap, and then I woke up, and I was like, I'm going to have a salad before I make dinner. And my younger one was like, don't worry about it, Mom. I'll help make dinner. And so he made breadsticks. He made pasta for us. He made pasta for his brother. And I was like, nice. nice. Okay, I'll sit here and eat my salad while you cook. Cool. <laughs> I could do that. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is pretty nice. I like this. I'm like, yes, he was winning favors. <sighs> so yeah, you're in the clear. Up crazy. in the air for me. But <laughs> yeah. I have one child that would be helpful. I think I do too. <laughs> <laughs> One out of three isn't bad. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the all-sounding, pretty, fairy taleish Connor said to the monster. However, the monster's stories deviate from the traditional fairy tale norm. Why does the monster play with Connor's expectations? What do the stories teach him? It was really cool. I think the one that I liked the best was the one where the prince um, kills the farmer's daughter. Mm. And blames the witch, the wicked stepmother. And so you think the whole time that the wicked stepmother was a witch and killed the farmer's daughter. But really the prince killed her. Right. To get rid of the queen so that he could be king. And then the monster's like, yeah, and he was a really good king. You know, reigned for a long time. Great. And Connor's like, what in the heck? Right. He goes, <laughs> but the queen wasn't evil and she didn't deserve to die. So that's why I saved her. Yeah. I think the stories just prove that. We all have our own flaws, and sometimes we all make bad choices, but that doesn't mean that we're bad people. Right. And sometimes it also says that good things happen to bad people. Right. So I think that was a lesson he really needed to understand because his mom was dying for, like, no reason. Right. Yeah. Cruel. So cruel. Yes. Connor's reaction to the story has become increasingly violent. Although the adults in the novel absolve him of responsibility, is he to blame for his actions? Why is the lack of punishment important to Connor? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. And I think no, you know, as much as he wanted to be punished, I don't think he was to blame for his actions. But I also feel like nobody talked about it. Right. You know, it was just this big, like, everybody's pretending like everything is okay. Yeah. Which is how it kind of escalated to him acting out like that. Like, we can't punish you because your mom's dying. So yeah. we'll just, we'll talk about this sometime in the future. But they've like, nobody what? ever told him that she was dying. And it's always like, oh, this next treatment will be fine and I'll be better. And yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Connor's monster appears to him in the form of a giant yew tree. What is the medicinal value of the tree? Why does the U traditionally symbolize, and how is this relevant to the novel? Um, I remember reading this in the book, and since I read the book so long ago, I don't remember exactly, but I know that every part of the U tree has these healing properties. And actually, one of the stories the monster told was about an apothecary who 
um, was going to use the yew tree. Um, there was a preacher's daughters got really sick. He was preaching against the apothecary and saying that he was like a witch or whatever. Witch magic. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. his daughters got sick and then he wouldn't like heal them or whatever. And so it's definitely very like pagan and, um, and all of that. So I don't know what it symbolizes. I don't really remember. Um, I know that he, that Connor hoped that they could use the yew tree that was the monster to heal his mom. Well, his his mom said that this last ditch effort treatment was based from uh part of it was produced from the yew tree. Yeah. And they had this big, humongous, gigantic yew tree in their backyard. Far, yeah. far, 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 far back up in in the up the hill in the, in the back. So he was like, the yew tree is going to save mom. That's why you're here. That's why you came. You're not doing your job. What the hell's going on? Yeah. So <clears throat> the next question. Harry, the school bully, looks straight into Connor's eyes and says, I no longer see you. Why is this important to Connor that people see him? Yeah, I think we kind of covered that a little bit. He just really feels totally lied to and invisible and not accountable for anything that he does because he's getting the special treatment and he knows that he does. He would rather be back to normal. Yeah, he. I think he just wants everything yeah. to go back to normal. Yeah. And that's just, that's not going to happen. Okay. <clears throat> Describe Connor's reoccurring nightmare. How does it usually end? What changes when the monster demands the truth? What is more painful for Connor to admit than the death of his mother? So the, the nightmare is there's this giant hole. Stuff's falling into it. His mom's falling into the hole. And he's trying to hold on to her. And... Uh, it usually ends with her falling into the hole. And then he's just sort of like screaming. Yeah. But really, he um, he lets her go. Yeah. Yeah. That was, the, that was the truth that the monster was demanding, was that he lets her go. And so, of course, that symbolizes her death. And he feels so horrible because he, feel like, he feels like it's his fault. Right, he goes. I did, I just wanted it to end. I didn't want her to die. And yeah. And uh, the monster's like, "What is your real truth, Connor?" <laughs> so at the very end of the novel, what does Connor say to his mother? Why must he say it, and why must she hear it? I don't know. I don't remember this one. Do you remember this one? Yeah, he says, uh, "I don't want you to go." Oh. And that was the truth that he. I had to tell the monster. I see. It's like, yeah, he he had wanted it to end, mm -hmm. and he just wanted it to all be over. But the truth was, he didn't want her to go. Yeah. And she was like, it's okay to be angry, Connor. I know you're so angry you can't even talk to me. And in the future, just remember, it's okay. I was like, oh, Oh, God. yeah, that was a very oh. emotional part for sure. I was like, yeah. I can still remember reading it in my mind. I was in... Music lessons, trying oh. to my eyes out. Yeah. Don't like, oh, forget me. I'm just, I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the last, the last question. The author's note explains that Patrick Ness wrote the novel based on an idea by Siobhan Dowd. 
He tells the readers to go, run with it, make trouble. Discuss the ways in which the novel shows that stories have a life of their own. Well, I mean, I think it was really cool what he did, how he had her as as a co-author. And he didn't want to write her story, but he used, like, the really important things and wrote his own story. And I thought that was a really neat idea and that everybody can do that. Well, she, she died before she was able to write it. Mm-hmm. So she died of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote it for her. Right. And I was like, oh, that's so yeah. sweet. And he, I think he said, didn't he say, like, I could have never written it, like, how she would have written right, it. Right, right. You know? Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was good. It was very emotional. Um, much more so, I think, than we made it sound. Like, you can just really see how tortured this poor kid was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I And, like, the movie is probably slightly only slightly less time than it takes to read the book yeah and Mm -hmm. so it it follows along with the with the story really well there's only a few like things that are kind of like left out but they don't really make much difference to the story no they don't i mean he does like i think he beats up a kid pretty bad in school you know his bully and you know the part with his friend is not in the movie but the movie did a really good job of staying close to the tone and the story of the book i thought yeah he he does beat up the kid in the movie but they don't go into like the goriness of it Uh, i guess maybe that's why i didn't really pick it up (laughs) yeah because she she just says you sent a kid to the hospital connor and he was like shrug yeah Okay, what, ne- what next? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm in trouble for this, right? No. Nope. He's like, nope. <laughs> She's like, the parents are threatening to sue the school. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers. Duh. Oh, and his dad, who lives in America, we didn't even talk about the dad. The dad's, like, got a new wife and a new daughter and a little house, and he can come visit for Christmas. But, but he can't live there. Yeah, he was going to... And then... The dad had to leave because whenever he's there to visit, there's, like, some emergency that he has to rush home to. To Los Angeles. Yeah. All the way I was, like, England. gagging with the pitchfork lady. Right? Oh. Yeah. And, oh, the dad made me so, yes. so angry. I was so angry. And, like, it's just best for you if you stay here and live with Grandma because this is where your friends are and this is what you know. And he's like, oh, I don't have any friends. Yeah. I want you. Yeah, and it dad, was very sad. And the dad's sort of like, sorry, buddy, that's not going to happen. Yeah. What a jerk. I know. What a jerk. Yeah. Boo to that dad. Yes. Boo. Definitely. <laughs> and I can see that happening. Yeah, me too. Sadly. Yeah. So it was a very emotional book all the way around and movie. Yeah. I think there's a lot in there that a lot of people could relate to. Yeah. Kids and grown-ups. And I, I, I think... Uh, it was probably written for kids whose parents have been diagnosed with terminal cancer mm-hmm. to help them unpack all the feelings that they're going through. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm crying so much in this story. <laughs> I think I, th- I think I cried a little too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big crier, so I was just like, ball here, ball there. I'm like, I'm going to go to work licking my crap. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it was for a good cause. It was. 
So I definitely give it a recommend. Yes, me too. And we've got only one more podcast for our books to movies, so we'll have to think of something good for our last one. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.